Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Capitalist uh, and a freedom fighter uh, against mankind's two biggest enemies, the state and central banks. Uh, he's the chief editor of the Dollar Vigilante and the host of the largest anarcho-capitalist podcast, Anarchast, uh, which is a great, uh, a great title, I believe. It's appeared on a ton of radio shows, uh, media events, TV shows, and the like as well. So let's turn things over to our speakers, and we will begin with Mark. Hey, thank you very much. So uh, this is the first time I've debated this topic, defending democracy, what democracy is all about voting. And uh, um, I've had these arguments before, similar, I guess it's, it's kind of like the anarchy limited government debate. Uh, but in some ways it, it's different because I was talking to Walter Block, who's an anarchist, and he, he's in favor of voting. We were going to have him on this debate, but... It was, so I thought that was kind of odd. But uh, uh, Jeff Pugsley is an old friend of mine who passed away several years ago, and he, was, uh, he came regularly to Freedom Fest and was very an anarchist. And he wrote a wonderful introduction. I'm sure you've read this book before, Jeff. Uh, None of the Above, Why Non-Voters Are America's Political Majority by Cy Leone. And... Um, he was friends with Jack Pugsley, and he asked Jack to write an introduction. And here, here is kind of the, the, uh, the, the main point uh, that, that Jack kind of summarizes uh, Jeff's perspective, I think, anyway. He says, those who believe in the principle that the individual should be sovereign refuse to condone political action even as a means to an end. They reject all forms of it. They do not campaign for or against candidates. They do not contribute to political parties or political action committees. They do not write letters to congressmen or presidents. They do not register. And finally, they do not vote. They simply refuse to condone the process of majority rule. So I thought that's a pretty good summary, probably representing Jeff's point of view. So uh, there's, there's that book. And then, of course, B.J. O'Rourke has written a rather humorous book, uh, but a serious title, Don't Vote, It Just Encourages the Bastards. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, you know, I would change the title to say, Do Vote, It Discourages the Bastards. Uh, so, uh, so there you have the, uh, this debate that, that's ongoing. And there are just a lot of libertarians, including Doug Casey, and I invited Doug to join us, but he's got another session. Maybe he'll join us later on. But uh, he hasn't voted for years. And I don't know, just by show of hands, how many of you have just not voted for years? So uh, you, you just kind of give up on the, on the political process. So here's, here's my thinking on this. Uh, let, let me start with, um, quoting from the Declaration of Independence, which anarchists really like. And the reason anarchists like the Declaration of Independence is because it's, not, it's declaring uh, independence from government. Uh, and for many anarchists, it should have just ended with the Declaration of Independence rather than with the Constitution. And yet, if you read the Constitution, uh, it, there's parts in here that are really quite spe spectacular. Uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of money. <laughs> oh, I mean, sorry. <laughs> uh, that is, to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That what, when ever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government 
laying its foundation on such principles, et cetera, et cetera. So that is really the crux of the matter. In other words, how is it that we, when, when a government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. So the question is, how do you alter or abolish it? And my main argument is that if you disenfranchise yourself, you are denying the opportunity to alter or abolish it except by leaving the country or engaging in violent, some kind of violent act that doesn't involve voting. I think it is just fantastic that we have the opportunity to vote the bastards out without resorting to violence, which they had to do in the American Revolution. And if you want to die for your country, then fine, don't vote. Because if enough of you decide not to vote, that's what's going to happen. At some point, you're going to be so fed up that you are going to engage in some kind of violation of the law and you're going to end up in prison or you're going to end up shot or dead or what have you. So that, that's the concern that I have. And so there's this saying that, that uh, I don't know how many of you remember Larry McDonald. He was the congressman uh, from Louisiana that uh, was pretty much a libertarian in many ways. I don't know if you remember Larry. But uh, back, back in the 70s, he's actually, on, he was on the airplane in the 007 uh, uh, flight that went to Korea, Korea and, and was shot down and, and he, he was killed. But um, he used to say that there are four ways to change the world. And the first one is the soapbox. To stand up on a soapbox and deliver and persuade people to do the right thing. And libertarians, we'd all agree with that. That's a great idea, to get up on the soapbox. That's what Freedom Fest is all about, the soapbox. And the second one is the ballot box. The ballot box is an opportunity for you to reduce the size of government. You have that choice. Yes, you're up against people who want to increase the size of government, but you still have that, the the franchise, that political franchise to alter and improve and, and abolish government, if you want, through the, the ballot box. And the third one is the jury box. And we had jury nullification that Jim Green and, and uh, others were talking about here, and that is a little known, but a very powerful technique for you to say no to bad, bad law. The jury box. And if you don't have a soapbox, and, and you don't have the soapbox in many parts of the world, like Venezuela, you'll be put in jail for getting up on a soapbox. And if you don't have the ballot box, a legitimate voting machine, a voting machine where you can, your vote actually counts. And if you don't have a jury box, then you're resorted to the fourth box, and that's the cartridge box. And some of you are really good at protecting yourself with a gun. But in Mexico, you, it's not even legal to have a gun. Probably because of some dictator who was voted in has decided to make that decision. Well, no one cares about the laws there, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. People who drive and have accidents. I know what you mean there. Get stopped and robbed. Anarchy's a little wild. Um, so, of course, there is the fifth box that the welfare state has established. It's not one of them that's on my list. And that, of course, is the lunchbox. <laughs> the so-called safety net, the lunchbox. That's been added. Um, so, there are lots of good examples of uh, good government that has been achieved through voting. And uh, I like Prop 13, I think is an excellent example where the people were fed up with high real estate taxes and they voted for Prop 13 in California. Um, many people, you know, voted for Donald Trump. It was not, he was not my choice, but the, uh, the people had an opportunity to turn out the government. I mean, I can't tell you how often I've heard at this conference, oh, thank God, I mean, Donald Trump's not the best, but at least he's a lot better than Hillary. And that came through a voting process. Uh, one wonders, uh, 
if we, if we didn't have the vote, uh, uh, the voting franchise, um, what would uh, what would happen? By the way, uh, you know there is the old the old uh, story about uh, um, a polling group that went out and asked the question uh, um, to large number of people: Are you in favor of women's suffrage? And 90% said, oh my gosh, suffrage, that sounds really terrible. No, <laughs> So we are dealing with ignorance, right? We, this is one of the big issues that I'm sure Jeff, Jeff will make, is we're, we're dealing with so much ignorance that too often you're, you're voting, and people are voting in for more power, bigger government, more welfare. Uh, in the last election, there were something like 15 or 20 referendums in individual states about raising the minimum wage. Now, anybody who's taken a course in sound economics, uh, from me or anyone else who teaches economics, I mean, economists are pretty universal that uh, minimum wage laws are bad. And I was, I was saying this to uh, an economist who, who has the Guinness Book of World Records of having taught more students in economics than any other student worldwide. He's up to 60,000 students. And uh, I asked him one time, I said, don't you get a little discouraged when you see these things where 20, they have this referendum in 20 states and they all vote for an increase in minimum wage after you've been preaching for years uh, on the soapbox, uh, this is really bad economics and you show the graphs and demonstrate why it causes unemployment and stuff. And he says, yeah, as a matter of fact, it, it, is, it is discouraging. And I think people get discouraged about voting too, and that's why you don't vote. So, but let me end on one other key factor, key factor here. And that is a low voting turnout is a good sign. And you know why it's a good sign? It's because people are satisfied, more or less, with the way things are going. It's only when you're fed up do you see a tremendous increase in the number of people voting? And it goes up to 70 or 80 or 90 percent. If you can, I mean, I'm a firm believer in, in uh, the franchise, the voting franchise, but it must not ever be mandatory. I'm certainly against mandatory voting, which is required. Some states require you by law, you must vote. And I think that is, that is a big mistake. So, I think voting is good. I have voted in, uh, uh, by absentee ballot because I travel a lot like Jeff does, uh, but I'm a firm believer that we must maintain this important uh, political right, and if we don't, we're looking for thing, uh, something that could be much worse. Thank you. Three minute introduction. Uh, <laughs> no, seven, uh, seven minutes. Was I on? Time? Twelve minutes. Whatever. I'm not a stickler. I went twelve I just, minutes. It just seemed longer than I did. Um, <laughs> I just want to ask one question, just before I get started. And do you fully believe in everything that you're saying? Because I know you will play devil's advocate sometimes. Uh, like, like, are, is this your true stance? No. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Because I do vote. Okay. So. I just wanted to know, because sometimes you will play devil's advocate. That's true. Yeah. Uh, for the people sitting there who might be shocked that I say don't vote, um, what I believe isn't necessarily what you think I believe. Um, I do support, actually, there's one person here, Adam Kokesh, who's running to dissolve the federal government. He's running for not president. I think in, in certain instances where you're actually just saying, okay, I'll go tick a box, uh, to make a lot of this tyranny go away. So you're, you're not aggressing against anyone, you're just saying, take it away. So when there's a de decriminalization vote for marijuana, for example, I have no problem with that. My problem is when you are using a tick of a box to aggress against other people. Now, actually, we can make this very open. Would you ever tick a box to aggress against someone or extort them? Uh, extortion would definitely Taxes. not, but ag ag aggress against another one. I do have an. Uh, I, I I don't believe in the uh, non-aggression principle at all times. I do make exceptions okay. to that. Yeah. Okay, so I, I definitely don't believe in that. So when it comes to voting, let's talk about. I'm not going to put up a bunch of stats here. 
Uh, I could. Uh, let's just talk about the reality of it. True reality. How many votes are actually decided by your vote? Basically none, right? I think there's been one or two elections that were decided by one vote. So you're essentially just wasting your time. We can agree on that, right? No, I strongly no. disagree. No. Well, you, you, in terms of actual reality, you are not changing anything in that election by voting, right? We can agree on that. Like, you can be making a point by uh, voting for someone in particular. However, in terms of the election itself, you're actually basically, basically just wasting your time, right? And it's really interesting to see all the slaves line up and for like three hours to tick a box, like it's going to change their lives. But this is a much deeper issue. This is more than just nuts and bolts. This is more than the basics. This is a true spiritual human issue. If you are ever going to aggress against other people, that is not good, <laughs> to say it lightly. If you're doing it by ticking a box, and that could be, for example, I don't know, like, can you give an example of something you uh, would be in favor of that would aggress against people? Maybe uh, coke, uh, heroin, uh, legalization or something? Well, can you give I, one example? I was, the example I use is I do think people who are accused of a crime uh, should be forced to appear in court to adjudicate that issue. Otherwise, uh, criminals who commit crimes can legally just leave. That, that's a reasonable you can't, one. You can't arrest the person. You have to have the ability to arrest a suspect. And on that basis, I think the law, which is based in common law, you don't even really need an administrative law for that, but uh, that, would, that would be an example of that's a violation of the non-aggression principle. Okay. I, actually, that one I don't have a big problem with. Is there anything else that you can think of that you yeah. really want to enact? Quarantine is another example. Okay. Quarantine is a classic also example where, it, where disease <laughs> is spreading very quickly. Okay. You have to, sometimes you have to quarantine people. Okay. So those are both fairly reasonable. I have no, you know, it's not a big, I'm not angry about quarantining people who are diseased. <laughs> I'm angry about quarantining people who have power over other people and destroy their lives. Um, you want a third example? Sure. <laughs> so eminent domain is one that I do favor, but it can be abused, certainly can be abused, and the little pink house is an example of that. But originally it had a fundamental efficiency, it's a utilitarian argument basically. Uh, it's not a rights issue, it's more utilitarian. It's also fairly reasonable. I, I'm not like here to argue against quarantine or if you need land and it's an emergency that something happens. But it's really a question of, we actually create the reality of our own world through our actions. And collectively, sadly, uh, this can be done through things like voting. <clears throat> How many people here voted for Donald Trump? And could someone just shout out like a good reason why you did that? And it can't be because Hillary's worse. Because he's got balls. Because he got balls. Okay. I was hoping he changed the world. Okay. Well, that's interesting because. My bad. That's a real. <laughs> this whole uh, voting thing is really a scam uh, to to make you believe you're going to change the world by ticking a box. Really, you change the world through your own actions, through loving your family, through taking care of your community. Um, these are how you change the world. And really, this you, you actually mentioned the word, uh, Mark, uh, disenfranchised. If you don't vote, you're disenfranchised. I think you're disenfranchised by voting because what you're doing is you're, to some extent at least, giving away your own power to something else that they are never going to make the world the way you want it to be. There's only one person who could do that. That's you. I didn't want to bring this up, but I will. Uh, Jesus was sort of similar. I, I'm wearing a cross right now, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> but the, the story. No, I'm not. I'm not a carbon copy of Bill Casey. I have my own beliefs, um, and I've changed a lot in the last few years. Have uh, you changed Doug Casey? That's the problem. <laughs> I'm, working, I'm working on him a little bit. I don't think there's much wrong with him. I think he's 99% perfect. I think he needs 
a little bit of help spiritually. But that's a whole other topic. But that's sort of the, the whole thing with Jesus was uh, get people to believe that he's coming back and he will save you. Really, the only people who can save us is ourselves. And the act of voting itself is not, it, there's nothing, that, this is the nefarious, horrible part of it all, is there's nothing wrong with putting an X on a piece of paper. However, that X has some consequences. And if the intention, this is very important, your intention is what matters. So Mark mentioned a few things that I'm not terribly against at all. So if that's his intention, that's okay. I'm not saying if you vote, you're a bad person. But if your intention is to enforce your beliefs on other people through violence, and that could be uh, criminalizing certain clients or sexual acts, prostitution, or whatever it is, um, that is uh, really not good. And what happens is, Collectively, we all create our own reality. We all create our own reality. You're here today because you created that. You are here for that reason. Uh, this gets glossed over too much. We really create our own reality, and the problem is when we get collectivists, and this is really interesting, because a lot of people here, I would describe as sort of neoconish. Not a, not everyone, but I've, uh, there's some war talk, like it's good. Uh, it's just, okay. If you talk to your average sort of neocon right sort of person, and I'm not right or left, I think the right-left thing is here to divide us and destroy humanity. It's done on purpose to keep us constantly fighting each other. We don't need to fight each other at all. But if you talk to your average right neocon sort of person, not saying I dislike them or like them or anything, no opinion. If you talk to them and you say, you know, communism doesn't really work, right? I think everyone here, I don't think there's going to be one hand that's going to go up that say communism really works, right? Is there one? No. So a lot of people here are, understand that sort of thing. Now, why doesn't communism work? Because it's centrally planned. It's a guy, you know, the old Soviet Union story of they, they made too many right shoes and there wasn't enough left shoes because one guy got drunk one night or whatever happened. <laughs> So you guys kind of understand, those of you who vote and think it's important, you understand that when you have top-down central control of things, it's really bad in general. So what makes this all that much different when you're voting for other things? Now, the big question probably, from what I understand of what I've seen of people here who still believe in government, government actually doesn't exist, by the way. Uh, where is government? And some people will point at the White House. That's a building. What is government? the point of Donald Trump. That's a guy. What is government? It's actually a belief. It's actually, as Mark Larkin Rose says, the most dangerous superstition in the world. It's actually what creates most of the problems in the world is this belief in something that doesn't exist, which is government. But if you talk to your average person who kind of believes the right sort of angle on things, they will understand that you don't have anything good come from one guy controlling and telling everyone else what to do. So, a lot of people here will go, well, I voted for Trump. Why? Because he's better than Hillary. Okay. Uh, that is, it's still not good. <laughs> now, a lot of people will also say, well, if I didn't vote for Trump, then we would have Hillary. Not true. Statistically, that is not true. If you personally didn't do it, there'd still be Donald Trump there. And I would mention, really nothing has changed with Donald Trump. There's still the IRS, there's still the Federal Reserve. He said he wasn't going to attack Syria, he attacked Syria. He's exact same as a Barack drone bomber, who was the Nobel Peace Prize winner, who had not one day of peace his own presidency. It's no different than George Bush. It's a show. It's, it, I call it a selection. It's not even an election. And you talked about, how about, about um, yeah, I'll finish in a second. Uh, sorry, yeah, I got, I got a little carried away. <laughs> Uh, you talked about how, uh, I lost my train of thought on that now, uh, with the tap on the shoulder. Uh, but, yeah, I totally lost my train of thought. So we'll just continue. Oh yeah, it's a big show. So yeah, thank you very much. It really is. And, you know, if you look at the history, and actually most of the history that we know is mostly lies as far as I can tell. but. In general, it was kings and queens, and you know, just like in Monty Python, the Holy Grail, some people woke up and said, who made you the boss of me, right? 
And they were like, the people who kind of control everything, they still kind of, kind of control everything, were like, oh, they're catching on to the kings and queen thing. Although the royal wedding was really popular in the US. <laughs> oh, um, but they were like, well, let's make them believe that they control. They're the ones in charge. And that's what democracy does. And it really doesn't. The real true answer is to stop aggressing against other people and to actually reach out and let go of your fears. And it could be fears of immigrants. It could be fears of jihadis, even though 9-11 was not done by Osama bin Laden. Uh, it was done by the Bush crime family. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, <laughs> like it's obvious. And not just them, obviously. But um, this is way more, I'll finish right here. This is way more than just ticking a box. This is what do you want to do with your life? You are a sovereign, beautiful human being. Given this life, are you going to turn it over to an X on a box? Or are you going to take control of your own life and change your community through peace and friendship and love? Or are you going to tick a box forever? And that's, I'll finish with this. Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. How many times, just like with communism, a lot of us know this now, it's, it's, it's tried a hundred times now, it just doesn't work. And nice idea, share, it's given to others, or whatever the word is, I forget the slogan. Same thing with government. How many times have we gone through this? We've been through this for decades now. It's like, oh, we got Reagan, he's going to fix everything. No, he tripled the size of government. Oh, then this Bill Clinton's going to fix everything. Sure he is. Uh, at some point, we need to stop. And I'm not saying... Sorry, I'm totally carrying on you. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, if you want to vote, whatever. But that is not how we're going to change the world. And really coming to that recognition will be how we change the world. Thank you. Um, I think uh, we'll have a few minutes for reply from each speaker, and then we'll open things up uh, for questions from the audience. So, Mark, you want to... So, I just want to uh, respond to a couple of things which I, I think uh, Jeff is in here. First of all, your vote does matter, and it's all about momentum. It's about momentum. Now, I've, I've actually taken time to go around the neighborhood, knock on doors, and say and convince people. So it's not just you voting, it's also reaching out to other people. Social media is very powerful today, and I'm telling you that you can make a big difference because of social media. It is leverage, powerful leverage. And the reason Donald Trump run, uh, ran, uh, won, is because, and, and Wayne Root said this uh, to me the other day, he said, you know, I went to the rallies of other candidates, and Jeb Bush had 50 people in the room, and um, uh, Senator Rubio had 60 people in the room, and Donald Trump had 3,000 people in the room. And because people talked to each other and they, they, they made a difference. So it's not just a single individual. No man is an island. No man stands alone. So um, you can have a tremendous influence even though you yourself only have one vote. So that's, that's an important factor to realize. It's the mental, momentum factor that we understand in investing. You see it all the time in investing. Yeah, you just you have dollar votes, but lots of other people are doing things. And I write a newsletter that goes out to 15,000 people. That's leverage, okay? So it, it, it's important. The other thing it's important. You can do all those things without voting. Jeff, I would just suggest. Yeah, well, sure, there's the, the, the uh, soapbox. But when you see on the ballot somebody who is put on a referendum that you don't think is right, that takes away people's liberties, you better start spreading the word. If you just keep within yourself and do not adopt the, uh, the, the good decision-making by citizenship, you are, you are derelict in your duties. And there's nothing why you can't love and befriend and neighborly people on a, a persuasion basis. I'm a firm believer in all of that. But to say, but don't vote, there's no, isn't, it's not, it's, it, it, it can be just fine to do both. There's no reason why you can't do both. Uh, the secret ballot, the secret ballot, you, you ask people who they voted for. Well, let me tell you something, Donald Trump won because of the secret ballot. 
He would not have won without the secret ballot. You must have the secret ballot as part of this uh, franchise. Uh, when you have open ballots, you, people do not vote what they really believe. Uh, voting is a scam? You bet it's a scam in Venezuela and in Russia and places like that. Chicago. <laughs> and um, we all create our own reality. I don't, that, that sounds really crazy to me because that reminds me of the people who say, you know, life is really only a dream. It's a dream until you get punched in the face. Then you realize life is not a dream. So don't, that's just crazy. Um, anyway, uh, um, Government doesn't really exist. Uh, I don't know where you come up with these things. <laughs> there is a difference between uh, dictatorships and kings and queens and elected officials because you can throw the bastards out, but to get rid of a king, to depose a king, you gotta go to very beheadings or whatever, and uh, that's that's a very it's not something I want to do, and I don't. And Jeff is not a violent person. It's not something he would want to do, as well. Uh, so my my final point is this: that if you don't vote, and word keeps spreading, and Jeff writes this kind of a book, which is out of print by now for good reason, DJ <laughs> O'Rourke's book out of print for good reason. Um, it, you just, just need to know that if libertarians universally decide not to vote, by the way, the libertarians are great, what they're trying to do in New Hampshire, you all know about that, the Free Church State Project. That's a fantastic concept to, to uh, lower the size of government. I'm all in favor of it. Uh, render, you know, you, you said Jesus. Well, Jesus said, render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar. That's what we're talking about. Politics is all about Caesar and officials and voting and stuff like that. And basically, if you are complacent, then that is not a virtue. If you are complacent about your voting franchise, then you will be responsible for the destruction of this country. And so I will end with Edwin Burke's famous line, all that is necessary for evil is to triumph is for good people to do nothing. Thank you. with 90% of what you just said. Uh, the only pointless part is voting. It's just, uh, it's pointless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is. It's, Were you listening? <laughs> <laughs> I, what about Are going around knocking on doors and getting people no, that, involved? That's, and that's, that's, that's good. meaningless? No, that's no. pointless. That's why I said I agree with 90%. The, the part where you pick a box is pointless. It's just like elections don't get decided by one person anyway. What's next? What do you mean? I think that's ridiculous. So what's ridiculous? Who's even talking? I can't. Even... No, no. It's like no, a voice. No. Look, at, if you want to say oh, something, you have to come to the microphone. Okay, yeah, to the microphone. Let him for another minute or two, and then we'll take questions. What's ridiculous? Well, this. No, he has to come to the microphone if we want to do this, and let the moderator decide how to run things. I think fundamentally, this comes down to a consciousness level. There is massive changes going on in the world. This old archaic system of control and power is going to go away whether you like it or not. So when you say I'm ridiculous or, or even Marx says my thought on you create your own reality is crazy, that's because you, you don't have this conscious level. And I'm not saying I'm better than you or anything. I just, I am on a different conscious level where I can see this. I can also see that you interact with the world. Everything you do does actually matter. I agree with Mark on so many things. Uh, definitely get out there and talk to people. This is missing so much from this cult culture that uh, we're so segregated and divided and there's not much talking. And when I see you in the US, I don't come here much because I get kidnapped almost every time I come here by people in blue uniforms or costumes. Um, <laughs> Actually, my. Can you tell us more about that? <laughs> it's a police state. Uh, my Mexican wife uh, didn't come here because, first of all, she said, I'm not asking anyone for permission. 
And I was like, that's why I married you, I love you. Um, she also said, I don't want to go there. I see all this stuff on the internet, it's crazy, all the stuff going on. Anyway, that's a whole different side story. But you really do, uh, this is one message that I think uh, is important, is we do really affect the world. And that's what Mark was kind of saying was, definitely affect the world, get out there and talk. And you know, if you see something that's wrong, tell your neighbors. We have way more power than any, most people believe. You really can change the world. One person, and I, I could bring up people, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of their political stances or some of the things they do when they get drunk or whatever, uh, Gandhi or Martin Luther King or whoever, but those are examples of people who really changed the world through their actions, and their actions were nonviolent, and they were persuasion. Just by ticking a box, you are not going to change the world. In fact, you will just keep going. It's a great book. Don't vote. It just encourages the bastards. It really, my dream is one day they have an election and no one shows up. They'll still have the government. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Until people go, I don't want this anymore. Now, I know I'm, I'm fighting an uphill battle. That's when the communists and the socialists take over. No, I hear that. See, this they is the fear. They love to hear what you just said. I, I get and it. They did so in Chile. I get it. Yeah. Get but that's it. the very fear-based. And I would talk to the communists and the socialists the same way I'm talking to the more right people that are here, and going, "This isn't. We have to stop this. It's just going to be a never-ending battle, and it never works out for the best." We, we need to stop using aggression against other people, whether you be on the right side and you say, you've got to pay for my military, because, oh yeah, the whole world's scary, they're going to attack the U.S. with 300 million guns here. Not even close. It's mostly fear-based. And so this is a conscious shift, going from, do we keep doing what hasn't been working forever? And look at the U.S. government. You have to just look at it, right? It started off, they were talking about democracies evil, basically, the founding fathers, as cultish as that sounds, and basically it's not much different than North Korea here in the U.S. Can I ask you a question? Sure. So, Canada, 1995, see, so we have some Canadians here. Let me tell you, the, it wasn't necessarily a vote, but the Liberal Party of Canada decided enough is enough, and we're not going to run these deficits anymore, we're going to start a supply side, tax cuts, and so on. Canada turned around as a country. If you look at the Economic Freedom Index, Canada went from like 34th up to like they're in the top 10. And that was through the political process. So don't say that it's always, that nothing ever changes because think, maybe things don't change for you. From your perspective, I, 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 in other countries, they do make a change. And Chavez, for example, in Venezuela, he took over the voting process while the freedom fighters down there didn't do their work. And look, look what the result is. So things do change for good and for bad. Can, uh, sir? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sir. We have 10 or 12 minutes left. I know we have a lot of questions. So uh, please come up to the mic and ask, and uh, our speakers will address them. Uh, my name is David Dorn from Scottsdale. When I lived in Philadelphia, I had just full disclosure in 1981. I did run for U.S. Congress as a libertarian in an abscam election, and I got to kind of experience what voting and the political process was. And I've give, gave up voting probably about 25 years ago. Uh, I do agree with Jeff on a lot of things, and Larkin Rose, what he talks about is this myth of authority that we give to other people that we think they have rights that we do not have ourselves. We can't concede that. But just a couple comments. Uh, Mark, you mentioned uh, that you're here to defend democracy, and I like James Bovard's comments of, of that definition of democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. To me, that defines democracy. And I also go to Marshall Fritz, who used to be here many years ago, a friend of mine, who said, does wrong become right if the majority approve? I don't believe so. But I gave up voting. Yes, you guys have never heard of the Bill of Rights, but, but. Yeah. Uh, that you know, keeps that from happening. 
Okay. Well, how has all this voting really worked out over the years? Have it's worked out really pretty government? good in this country. You still have the freedom and the right to get up and say what you want to say. That's you try true. to say that in Venezuela or in China, right, Lee? Yes. But what I wanted to ask you, okay, I've heard this before as a non-voter, that I do not have the right to complain, okay, because I'm not participating in the game. What I would say is that the people who vote don't have a right, do not have a right to complain because the ones who lose the election where their guy loses, when they complain, they're just sore losers. So we who don't vote, we are the ones who have the right to complain, okay? We're just not participating. We're not consenting to be the victim of that game that's up there. So as a non-voter, we're taking a moral position and I, I took a long time to come to that conclusion. Again, I voted in for years, but then gave it up. Right, but you're not a Jeffersonian. You don't buy into the consent of the governed concept. And as a result, because we have the voting process, you are a victim, total victim, of whatever the voting process to is. To me, face the government. Well, the facts for me is that government is yes, relevant. What happened is you gave up. You gave no. up. Okay. We have a lot of other questions. A lot of people didn't give up and changed the world up. like Martin Luther King. Up. All right. my, my name is Li Schooland. Uh, I'm from China. In China, until today, we didn't have any of the four boxes you mentioned. Only have the fifth one, the lunch box. And, uh, so when I came to this country 35 years ago, I was excited about this American um, political system. Not only I voted every time I ran for offices for five times, but last year was the first time I did not vote. And uh, mainly a, a lot of reasons was like Jeff expressed. Um, I want to tell you a short story and I want both of you comment on it. I was in Afghanistan in March and I asked them, do you like your president? They said, oh, that's not our president, it's American's president. Okay, so then in April, I went back to Afghanistan again, and a couple of people excitedly came to me saying, oh, last time your speech empowered us. I'm going to run for MP. And uh, I said, oh, really? I said, um, what um, uh, will make you win your election? They said, oh, if we get the uh, 2,000 votes. I said, 2,000 votes? They said, yeah. I said, what's the participation of the, you know, people vote maybe 20, 19 percent. And uh, so what I learned from that is the people who didn't vote because they didn't care, uh, they don't rely on what the government, central government do to do in their village life. And uh, their life is not determined by this uh, president or whatever. So that's why they don't vote. Um, so that made me think, you know, I think that we should all have this attitude. Government, whoever is the president, is not going to change my life. I want to comment on this. Do um, you have any comments on that? You know, I just think that uh, we need to know more about the culture of Afghanistan. I'm not an expert of that area and why there's a tradition of, of non-voting and a don't care attitude. I, I had said complacency in the United States certainly is a, is a positive sign that people feel pretty good about the, the, their elected officials and uh, life is pretty good so they're not voting. That's uh, the way I look at it. So if you have a very high percentage vote, that suggests there's really serious problems in this country. I think you're assuming a lot. I think uh, a lot of people don't vote because they just realize what it is. We can argue about what people think. I'm Robert Nish, just an innocent bystander. <laughs> um, not anymore. <laughs> a big supporter of Freedom Fest. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I guess I came here predisposed uh, as a as a non-voter, and for that reason, uh, if I was asked to vote between the two positions, I I would have voted for the position. Jeff's has taken, although I respect very much uh, Mark and the arguments, but I, I can't vote for you, Jeff, because you just talked me out of voting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, 
Thank you very much. There, there's a saying that says, um, if voting could change anything, they'd make it illegal. And that leads me to my question for both you gentlemen. It seems to be, no matter what the ideology is of candidates, uh, it doesn't matter. I, I see people come into office, I see voters vote for propositions, and somewhere down the line, the entrenched uh, deep state uh, judiciary or the lobbyists or whatever, or the globalists, whatever you want to call it, seem to find a way to negate the changes, no matter what the ideology. So, uh, well, uh, California is a good example of yeah. Prop 13. Look at all the ways they've tried to work Exactly. Around. Yeah. So, you know, that's discouraged me from voting. So, can you gentlemen comment on, is it hopeless now, is the deep state so entrenched that this, this debate doesn't matter anymore? I think uh, when people realize uh, what I'm talking about, the whole thing just becomes just a, it just falls apart. It's, it's an illusion. Uh, you made a great point, and there was actually a, a statement that just came out uh, by someone uh, that uh, showed that no matter what people wanted when they voted, they still got the exact same thing that was uh, actually the elites wanted. So it actually, even just from a technical level, it, it's, it doesn't really run for you. Like, what really would be a government that runs for you, really, right? They'd stop extorting you, so then they'd have no tax revenue. Then they'd have no money to do anything. That's it. <laughs> that would be the government that runs for you. Now, I don't know, like, some of you might believe in uh, that you're under attack by some other countries or something which is hilarious because the U.S. military spends more than every other country on earth in, in military and is actually the biggest terrorist organization in the world by far. Uh, it just goes without saying, kills millions of people. But if you really want that, that's fine. You go ahead and do that. Uh, but we need to, really, what I want to say, and I'm just going to finish with this, is getting over the fight of we need to fight these people. It's, we will never, as humanity, get anywhere good with fighting. We need to discuss, get involved in, like I said, 90% of what Mark said, go talk to your neighbors, you know, go, you know, if you see something bad, you know, try to make a change somehow. But it's just not through the voting box. It, that's just proven, it's just not a big thing. There's no big change, even with Trump. A lot of people said, oh, so it's changed so much. The Federal Reserve is still there. The IRS is still there. The prison industrial complex is still there. There's really no change whatsoever. It's an illusion of, of change. The real change comes from us. And getting over this fear, this is what they really drive home is the fear. We're going to get attacked by someone. The, the, the enemy is right here. The enemy is the U.S. government. They are the ones stealing all your money all the time. They are the ones putting you in cages all the time. It's really getting over the fear. And I want to just extend a hand out to anyone. If you got some fear, come talk to me. Let's talk this out. Because <laughs> really, anything fear-based is not going to work out. We've seen that over and over and over again. And you can just call it voting. You can call it whatever you want. That's an that's an actual creating reality, which you said was crazy. But you're you're creating. You're right. You're creating your reality by putting an X there. You actually are. And we just need to get over the fight and and just find other ways. Find other ways to get along. And my my answer is we we have this ballot box as one of two many tools of persuasion, and we never, never, never should give up. Okay. Let's have two two more quick questions. I think that's okay. probably all um, concisely. Right, I, I'll try to be quick. Uh, on, on a philosophical level, I, I truly understand what what Jeff's saying, and I truly understand that the fears, we have to dominate them, we have to control it. But, but you're talking on a, on, on a personal, philosophical level. And we live in a reality. And the reality is we live in a republic, not uh, a democracy. We elect our officials through a democratic process. And uh, the wolf and the, and the uh, sheep uh, saying that the gentleman was referring to her, that the whole thing was is, What's the difference between democracy and liberty? And the democracy is two wolves and a sheep debating on what's for dinner. 
and Liberty is the sheep, well-armed sheep, contesting the, the results. Um, but to, to uh, what, what, yes, uh, th and that's what we have here, and as far as the, the vote goes, uh, my father was a World War II vet, and he told us that we have to fight for our liberties with every breath, with our actions, and with our words. And whenever we were around the table and we argued something, the first thing out of his mouth was, did you vote? And if the answer was no, then you did not have a right to debate the outcome. You had to live with that vote because it is a, a, a republic uh, of the people, by the people, and, and for the people. And, and that, unfortunately, is the, the, the reality. Uh, my name is Mark Tippetts. I'm the Libertarian Party candidate for governor of Texas. I'll make this real quick. Hey, Mark, you're, you're straight on. Um, the vote is everything. I'm a mayor of a small city. I'm also a libertarian. And I'm proud of it. It's a 12-stage program. You'll get over it eventually. I mean, first of all, you have to admit, you, you have to admit that you have these... Uh, you know, you've got three things to overcome. You've got ignorance, we've got apathy, and we have cynicism. Ignorance is easy because with a little bit of money we can tell people what libertarian values are. Apathy is, until something happens that's really screwing them up, then there you go. But a cynic is the easiest one to convert. And if I were on a board with, uh, with Jeff here, my, my own name's Jeff, so it's really easy to relate to him. But if I'm on a board with him, he's my bitch. A cynic is the easiest one to bring over because they never get those endorphins of getting something done, something positive for people because you have libertarian values. Getting elected just means that we have people with small government values now and actually to get things done. Yeah. It's funny you call me a cynic. I consider <laughs> you to be a cynic uh, for not believing in the true potential of humanity and using force over other people and extorting them and I don't killing use any them. Force. I just, I just. Yeah, that's, like the, that's, the, that's the ruse of governments. Yeah, we're, uh, well, I'd, I'd like to add just one thing, one quick comment, Mark, and one, then you one final comment from me, and that is, one thing I like about voting, democratic voting, is you find out where people, what they, what they really believe. You find out that they like minimum wage or their welfare system. There are things that you, it, it's a way of discovering how smart or stupid people are and how much education we need to do. If you take away that voting, you never really know what people are thinking and doing. This way, you have something to measure your level of success. And if there can become a time in referendums where people say, hey, no to minimum wage, that's because I know as a professor, we finally won the fight. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we're out of time, and I will vote. Uh, we will indicate. Uh, how many uh, indicate uh, that you should vote in elections? Should. Positive. Okay, how many not, should not vote? Fairly equal, I don't know. We'll, we'll declare a tie, and thanks for coming. Oh, sorry. <laughs>